I wasn't trusting the moment. Remember what the conversation is? <laughs> I was just being me. Oh, when we, like, were on, we, we were working on the process course and yes. our <laughs> learning platform, yes. And I'm like, why don't we... Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Joe, Dr. Energy Piazza. Rara is in the house. Catherine Asaro Myers. Welcome back to BU Network Podcast, conversations worth having. On our podcast, you can expect three things. One, the BU guest moment. Two, the BU moment. And three, the BU final moment. As promised... We are giving you a very special audible on each show. Your job, well, not your job, it's to find it. You know the game, Where's Waldo? Well, here we will ask you to listen for that audible. Dr. Energy, I know you really love when we dig deep into what's Mm -hmm. going on at the moment and you're really into the here and now. What do you say that we share something that we've never shared before? This is our be you moment, what's going on in our head, in our life, our dreams, our desires. Let's share something deep with our audience. Okay, you go first. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Just to change so it around a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, because this is on my mind. Yeah, I'm clearly. <laughs> Excuse me for coughing. So I was planning on having a surgery, an elective surgery. Mm-hmm. And with what's going on, I thought, I don't know if I should do this, you know, I'm just not sure. So I had put, this was a couple of weeks ago, so I sort of put it on hold. And I got the message from the office while I was on the phone and they said, well, you know, if you don't do it like this, it's going to cost you, I don't know, $2,000 more or something. Right. And I said, oh, that's too bad. Um, so, okay, I have to take the exact thing I agreed on, right? Yeah. I said, okay. And what if I'm a little scared and I only want to do one eye and then another. And they said, well, it's going to cost you, you know, 6,000 an eye or something. So I said, okay, let me go think about it. So today my BU moment is I saw the light. Mm. I was thinking, okay, I have no date for this. I have no idea when I'm going to do that. They closed their office. They're not booking until I don't know when. But before I got off the phone with that girl, she had said, do you want me to give you your deposit back? And it was pretty substantial. Mm Mm-hmm. And at that time, I didn't think about it. I said, no, I'm, I'm committed. I don't want you to give me anything back. I'm, you know, I'm, I said I would do this to myself, and I'm doing it. And today, I thought, well, they're not open. I don't mind what rules they change. The rules changed. Hmm. So I thought, let me get my deposit back and make sure we're on good terms. Right. So I contacted them. I sent them an email, spoke with them. And I really feel good that I spoke with them about it because I actually was able to help them. Oh, nice. They didn't have a system. They didn't have a process. So what happened was I took something <laughs> that, yeah, they didn't have a system. And Wait a minute. I Let was. me get this straight. You helped somebody else out with a process. I can't imagine yes. that happening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Healthy it dose was, of sarcasm there. Yes, I know. Ha ha. And it just seemed like the natural thing to do. So I gave them what I 
thought they should do. And she said, mm. that's a great idea. Thank you so much because I'm not the only one who's asking for right. a refund for a later date. It has nothing to do with paying more, paying less. It just seems logical. Like, right. well, I hold my money indefinitely. I'll come back and give you my money again. So I'm really feeling empowered today because I saw the light. <laughs> now, this wasn't something I planned on speaking about, except I thought we can share something that we turn into wasn't a great conversation. I was kind of feeling like, oh, I don't want to ask my money back. Hmm. But it seems logical because I can hold my own money until something's going to happen. Right. So I'm in my bridge room. I had this great idea. I acted on it with kindness. With I, was, I followed the instructions. Please call, leave a message. Please send an email. I did everything they told me to do, which took me whatever, another extra 10 minutes. And then I got the phone call and I feel like I really empowered them by letting them know that I'm not punking out of this elective surgery. Right. I am here to assist through it. So this room gives me a lot of energy. And today it was sort of like taking a walk for me. You know, I just like got out of my head and mm. went and thought about something great for someone else. And, and I like helping people. So yeah, that's my, that's my, I don't know what do we call that, my aid to man today or my <laughs> assistant to my eye surgeon. And I'm and I am so loving my 10 pounds on Bell. I tried something today. Every hour for 10 minutes, I go into onto the bench with the dumbbell. Nice. That's fun. Every hour for 10 minutes. That's it. Like 10 minutes, nothing longer. So I pick a body part. So I'm really no pun intended, feeling hmm. pumped today. <laughs> that was totally <laughs> intended and that's okay. <laughs> what about you? Oh, and I'll just give you one more thing. And I have some peppermint oil in here, giving me some extra energy in case you mm. don't feel it. Nice. What about you? Well, you know, it's, it's, a, it's turned into a beautiful day here in Ottawa, beautiful sunny afternoon. And uh, I'm just really enjoying the sunshine coming in through the window here in my office is not yet on. So when later in the afternoon, the sun actually, the angle that it comes in, it actually hits the computer screen. So I have to close the, uh, the blinds, but right now it's not. So I have that open and just the sunlight coming in is just amazing. And I'm just totally loving it. You know, I've had a, we had a full day, we've recorded some podcasts already today. Uh, I got in a full workout uh, here at, at my apartment, you know, I have some kettlebells here. I have my bike on the trainer. I didn't get on the bike today, but, uh, and then I have a strap system that I, from the ceiling, right? So I can do like pull-ups and, and that kind of stuff. So Superman, Superman, tra Superman training. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm really enjoying that. And I'm really looking forward to um, just having some time this week to develop our, our, our brand, our courses, uh, being able to provide people with some more valuable information, some valuable resources, you know, updates on the website, all that kind of stuff. And the, the, the big thing that I've been, you know, shifting for myself in the last, I'd say week and a half or so, maybe about a week is just trusting in the moment. So that's probably something I haven't shared before is I, I often, in the past, I've often had difficulty, challenges, however you want to call it, just trusting in the moment. 
I'm always trying to figure out where I'm going to put my foot down, where the next step is, rather than trusting the moment and just taking the step anyways. And so for the last week or so, I've really been playing with that and developing and building the ability to trust more. So that's where I'm at today. Mm -hmm. That sort of reminds me of the conversation we were having the other day. And I was trying to come up with 101 workarounds and you were telling me I wasn't trusting the moment. Remember what the conversation is? <laughs> I was just being me. Oh, and we, were working on, we, we were working on the process course and yes. our learning platform. Yes. And I'm like, why don't we do any <laughs> tell me that that's the way it is in my mind. It's just like, the way it is and it's the way, we, the way it has to be. And because <laughs> I'd already played around with it, trying to try to figure out the same workarounds. And just oh, you already went through that route, Went right? through that rigmarole, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you know where I'm going with it most of the time because you've already like done that. And here yeah. I am coming up with the same <laughs> strategy. Reinventing the wheel. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it like that. It makes so much more sense that you know, we have to follow the rules somewhere. Sometimes, yeah. Even if they're not of our own making. I know. We're such rule breakers. Or rule makers. That's what we are. Mm. We like making the rules. Well, I'm glad you shared that. And how is that? Do you breathe through that? Like, is there something? That, I would love to do that a little bit more. Mm. <laughs> what do you do? It's just, it's mostly becoming aware of when my, my, my um, habitual default thoughts about trying to control things. So, um, and, and just recognizing that they come up and sometimes I catch them as they're coming up. Sometimes I'm aware that I'm stepping into one of those moments so I can catch it a little earlier. And sometimes I don't recognize it till after it's an, it's a new skill I'm building. It's only, it's only been, you know, really a week, week and a half that I've really been consciously, mindfully really playing with it. You know, I've done it here and there in fits and starts, but this is this last week, week and a half has been much more mindful about it much more of an intent about it so it's a little bit different well thank you for and, that that's a good yeah. strategy and you know, like i said sometimes you catch it after and like whoops missed it okay next time you know and and then i the the steps that i take to work with it are just noticing that when I start to try and control things, my body gets tense, my breath gets shorter and shallower. Mm. Um, I start to squint my eyes and ruffle my, you know, get that furrow in your in your forehead, right? Because you're thinking so hard trying to control it. And you're and explaining then when I, the look I, I saw in my father all his life. Right. <laughs> and then so when I when I catch myself and I just I literally say stop. Right. And I pause and I take a nice deep breath and okay, let go of the control and just trust that this moment is going to, that you're okay in this moment. There's right. nothing that you have so, to do, nothing you have to be except be right here, right now. And I take a deep, and then my you. breath, and my breath just opens naturally. My body eases mm -hmm. and my face relaxes and, and then I go, and then I move on. Well, having this deep rooted Sicilian training that I had, I'm sure mm -hmm. you had it too. That's decades of retraining our psyche. Well, you know, like I always like to say that when when we when we are dismantling ancestral mm -hmm. patterns, um, it can be really challenging. 
um, because mm-hmm. you're trying to, if, if to the rest of the tribe, it feels like you're trying to leave the tribe. And of course, the tribe has your best interests in mind and wants to pull you back in. And at the same time, all your ancestors are lined up behind you, cheering you on saying, yeah, you go, let's break this pattern. Exactly. Go ahead. And there's your Superman showing mm-hmm. up again. Yep. So. Okay. Well, then, thank you. That's deep. <laughs> yep. And all that and about a buck 50 will buy you a coffee, except not right now. <laughs> coffee shops are closed. <laughs> got my attention. Just, I got right into it. I forgot everything. I was listening to you and got dove into it. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's right. Look at that. Everybody should take yeah. a look at ourselves and do some inward thinking. Sure. thinking. And, and remember to have some fun with it. Go easy on yourself. Hence why... I made a joke about it. I'm not belittling it or trying to make light yes, of the work, yes, but yes. let's have some let's have some fun with it because if we can bring a little bit of sense of humor about ourselves to the situation, it makes it a lot easier, and we judge ourselves a lot less. Well, I think I'll create a virtual basketball hoop and I'll slam dunk every time I catch myself. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, and celebrate and celebrating it when you do catch yourself that's a really important part because that literally sets up a different brain uh reward cascade of of neuropeptides in the brain and when we release those endorphins because we celebrate it and we feel good the brain goes i want more of that feeling yes so then it reinforces the positive behavior okay we're gonna do that and this is a great conversation to have with the guests that we have on Mm -hmm. today because it's all about personal growth and coaching and yes and having an open mind the people Mm, right having an open mind and we do and that's a good conversation i appreciate you opening up because i asked i wasn't too sure where you'd go with that (laughs) and and that's i know and i know that's hard for you to trust because you know like you don't like (laughs) to ask a question that you don't already know the answer (laughs) to (laughs) just asking that question showed my openness (laughs) There you go. I'm working on it too. Well, hooray to you. Hooray to me. Now we should go over there with a big smile and hear what our guest has to say today. Can't wait to hear what Bruce has to say. So we'll see you on the other side. Okay, let's go. Be you study. Be more at ease in your communication so you too can have conversations worth having. What is BU Study? A private, online room to rehearse impromptu speaking, receive instant feedback and achieve quick results, and feel confident that no one is laughing unless you're telling a joke. Plug in anytime, anywhere. Study with seasoned pros. Access your customized feedback. Then speak with ease and build amazing relationships. Dr. Energy, we have some amazing things to discuss today. Oh, yeah. And we have an amazing person with us. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you a little bit about Bruce. So I'm going to read the detail so that I don't miss a trick when it comes to these amazing things about Bruce. And then, or let me start with Bruce is a great guy. Now that's number one. (laughs) And he's a wonderful gentleman. And Bruce has a fantastic attitude. And Bruce loves animals. Now that says it all right there. 
Bruce has a heart and a heart of gold. And he's really so easy to speak to. And he's amazing to listen to. And let me give you some of the details about what Bruce does. Bruce is an innovative corporate trainer. He's a keynote speaker. Bruce is an executive coach providing essential business communication skills to top companies and their employees. Bruce Mayhew Consulting customizes soft skills and communication skills training, specializing in areas like leadership, new leadership development, generational differences. That would go over well in my house. Email etiquette, <laughs> conflict <laughs> resolution, Italian families need that. <laughs> Difficult conversation training, <laughs> time management, and other soft skills training. Bruce has customized his training solutions for clients in Canada, the US, and the UK. And clients confirm that Bruce is not only fun relevant, but his goal-oriented solutions are interactive learning opportunities that deliver immediate results. Bruce has been asked to share his experience on radio, television, and podcasts. And he's frequently asked to write articles for newspapers, magazines, and trade journals. We are so lucky to have wow. Bruce here with us today, Dr. Energy. Bruce, yes. welcome. Welcome, Bruce. Thank you. It's great to be here. We're glad that you had the time to be with us. And we know that we're not alone. It's not just the three of us. It's actually the three of us and a fur baby. Yes, there's a fur baby. There's a senior citizen laying on the floor by me. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, she's my, she's my 16-year-old dog. Yeah. Wow. That's wonderful. So if she wants to chat with us today, we're looking forward to her doing that. Yes. That's great. That's great. Right now, she's she's we had our walk this morning, and she had something to eat. So she's down for the count. So, right. uh, so, so typically she'll, she should be silent, but uh, we might hear something. <laughs> the, the life of a dog to go for a walk, <laughs> have something to eat, take a nap. Okay. This it's, is something we could yeah, incorporate. It's, it's funny you mentioned that Catherine about the life of a dog. I have a friend from, from school and they always just, you know, you, you always hear the term, the life of Riley. Right. Yes. And so they actually named their dog Riley. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> they have and, the life of and there's a story that's a good reminder all the time <laughs> yeah yeah so bruce let's talk about that's a day in the life a day in the life of all the things that you do uh, maybe not today maybe it's a bit early to discuss it but could you give us a general day in the life of bruce sure uh there there's kind of two typical days uh, one of them is when I'm in the office uh, developing material and customizing a workshop or a, or a speaking engagement. And then the other is the day that I'm actually out delivering those. So uh, there, there's really kind of two different typical days. Um, a lot of times it starts out with, a, with an early morning get up. I'm a, I've always been an, uh, a morning person. So, so an early morning get up. And, uh, and taking the dog for a walk, which I really enjoy. Uh, it is you know, usually about a good 45 minutes to an hour of, of just sort of being alone and being out there and, and you know, processing and thinking and, and just having some time for reflection. So it's a, it's, it's a nice time. And then back in and often then I go to the gym and uh, I, I, as a hobby, I teach a spin class. 
Oh, and nice. Oh, do so, you? Yes. Yeah. So, so I do that a couple times a week and uh, it's, it's sort of a good way to make me go to the gym because I have other people <laughs> counting. Accountability, <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. So, so I know that if people are there that I go and so I go and I have fun and it is so very different from what I usually do because when I'm presenting, I'm, I'm a presenter and I'm, uh, I like to keep my presentations light and, and, and fun, mm. but I still have to be serious. I have to be a business person, but of there's course. something different about going into a spin studio, going into a spin studio where everybody is wearing Lycra and you turn off the lights and turn on the music and you, you're, I'm allowed to scream at people. Just totally. Exactly. It's something very fun. Bruce, the last time I was in a spin class, I was crying. Do you have tissues there for the people that are in that class? There are tissues there, but I don't, I've never had to use them for people crying. (laughs) (laughs) Those are tough. Those are tough classes. They're fun classes. Yeah. Yeah. I like them. They are tough. So let me ask you, in order to have the sharp mindset that you have, thank you for sharing that you, that you do that. You, I, I hold a higher esteem to you now that I know that you teach spin classes. It, are there some other things that you do to keep your mind sharp, to keep your focus? Do you have any type of personal regime that you'd be willing to share some of your best kept secrets with us today? Um, I, I think I, I, I really know when I work at my best. And so I, I really try to keep that focus for myself. Mm-hmm. I know that I am most creative and most strategic, most innovative in the morning. So I always try to keep my, my creative work and my strategic work for the mornings. And I try to keep other things that I do that, um, that don't require that kind of creativity into the afternoon. And so as an example, I'll do a lot of writing in the morning, but I'll do a lot of editing in the afternoon. Mm. So I I make sure that I keep those two pieces separate. And I'm a constant reader. And reading for me has been uh, a really big part of my adult life. It was a a terribly uh, empty space of my of my youth <laughs> i i think in my whole youth up until about 18 years old i think i literally read one book uh, other than green eggs and ham when i was a kid <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i somehow i somehow got through high school reading only one book and then oh. just using notes for all the rest of it and i learned as an adult to to read if you will and i like my library is 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 huge now because i always find that i'm and i'm poking into some type of a book mm. and there's always something that i either learn or relearn when i'm reading and i just really love that experience yeah, is there something in, in particular that you really like to read that fuels you um, certainly, I, I read an awful lot of business work. Uh, so, business f- from any angle, whether it's whether it's uh, you know change management or leadership or 
or uh, time management or, or mindfulness uh, from a leadership perspective. Um, any of those kinds of pieces, anything around communication, I, I tap into. Uh, certainly from a philosophy perspective, I've actually been reading more and more about philosophy and the intersection into business. Uh, so that's been a big thing for me. Uh, and about, I would say about 10 years ago, I, I, I would like to say I got strong into mindfulness, but I, I would say I got inquisitive about mindfulness. <laughs> yeah. Curiosity. Often. Nice. Yeah. And so I've actually read a lot about mindfulness and, uh, and, and, and looked at what it means to be mindful mm -hmm. and, that sort of incorporates into my work a lot because I, I really like to be present. I like to be uh, attentive. And that's what I really have gleaned from the whole mindfulness approach is to, to really be present and to know what you're feeling and to know what other people are feeling. And, and I don't, I'm not, I don't meditate all the time. I am not good at sitting still for long periods of time. <laughs> Um, but I think I take it my, from a mindfulness perspective, I, I think I reflect back on my long walks with my dog and it's sort of a walking meditation that I do where I'm just really thoughtful about what I'm feeling, what I'm sensing, what I'm, mm -hmm. uh, what, what's happening around me. I do a lot of reflection while I'm walking and I think, uh, that is Bruce's way to meditate. Nice. It's, uh, you know, that, that willingness to learn, like you, you, I know that you're, you're really big into being a lifelong learner and, and people have, and, and having an open mind. And there's that, uh, that quote about a mind works best like a parachute when it's open. Right. So, right. um, and, uh, so I really hear that coming through in what you're saying. And then the other thing I was, I, I kind of caught uh, there was you mentioned about you don't sit still so well. Um, there's that, there's also that, I think it's a Buddhist quote about um, if you have time for meditation, you should meditate an hour a day. If you don't have time for meditation, you should meditate two hours a day. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. And that's, it's true. Like, I think there's a lot, there's a lot to be said for, um, quieting your mind right? mm -hmm. and however you find you're able to do that I think that is really important uh and and I've I, I think my best way of doing it is to taking taking my dog for a walk is my sort of best approach yeah. right and that I've, and I've always said and I've always said that to people you know they ask me oh what's what's meditation I said meditation is simply and this applies to the mindfulness is simply you know we get knocked off of our off of our focus, off our path, or off our what we're what we're being mindful about in the moment, and then life says, and then we and then we realize, oh, I got off my path, or I got off my focus, and what brings us back, and so you can do that at any time, doing anything at all, and you know, walking meditation, walking the dog, that's meditation. I I, I used to take care of my my uncle's dog a lot, and uh, and going out for walks with him, it was just. It was just awesome just to watch him, especially when he was younger. He's a he was a um, uh, schnauzer, and so in the park, you know, he'd always want to be chasing squirrels and stuff. And just the the joy and and the and the fun that when he would get running in the in the open part in the open dog parks was just it was so much fun to watch. Just the exuberance and the joy, and and to remind us 
that we need that in our life as well. If we watch the breathing of a dog and mimic that, that's really good for us. <laughs> that's right? actually a really good point. Yeah, actually, they're, they're, they breathe so well. And, and I've, I've noticed, especially as my dog gets older, how she breathes. And, mm. um, and yeah, her rhythm is, you know, there is something to that rhythm. That's a very, very good observation. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, I don't know if you've ever had any cats, but if you can take the cat and put the cat like right on your chest and you feel how the cat breathes, it's amazing how you can just pick that up. We, we know breathing is important. There's no question about it, mm -hmm. but the technique and the deep breathing could change the tone of the moment, yet alone the change of the day, yes. change the tone of the day. And, and there are times when we really need to do that. Bruce, let me ask you a question. You're, you can talk to 100 people, 1,000 people, tens of thousands of people. Is there something that you do prior to, as an educator, getting on, well, stage, whether the stage is face-to-face, -face, and that's something that I know you've done in the past, maybe not this week, mm -hmm. but you know, what do you do for yourself like, before you get on to perform, to give it your best? Um, that's a great question. Um, I, I uh, certainly sort of go over the presentation one more time. Mm -hmm. uh, so I usually just quickly, but I go through it one more time. And that to me is really important because so much of my work is customized um, right. that I, I want to make sure I, I spend a lot of time on the rhythm of the presentation right. and and the content of the presentation to make sure that it matches what the uh, the organization that's hired me has asked for. So I always ask them for what are their big objectives and what are their values, and and there's a few other things that I do within the needs analysis. But I really try to get a, an idea of of where the audience is, mm. and so when I put together the presentation, it, it is really reflective of that environment and then so after reviewing that i i do actually spend some quiet time by myself i don't i don't go into like a meditation but i do try to be quiet and and then i just i just you know go <laughs> it uh, it is it's it go is, time <laughs> it is go time yeah and you know you go and you make sure all of the the technology is working, so I like to, you know, and this goes into the time management guy inside of me, but I, I, I'm always early because, uh, especially when I'm performing, because it really is performing mm -hmm. in, in many ways, uh, when I'm on, I, I, I have to not have the distraction of time, right. um, so I'm always there really early and make sure all of the technology is working, and then yep. I, just, I just relax. That's, you know, I just chill and then you go. That's, that's uh, definitely a tip or strategy after our own hearts. You know, um, being there, or, you know, being on time doesn't mean being there at the time you're scheduled to start speaking or that you're asked to show up, right? Being on time means being early, really, and respecting that and being able to make sure all your stuff works because you don't want to be wasting your presentation time trying to figure out if the technology, why the technology isn't working, right? Absolutely. absolutely. And my, my mom always said, uh, and she lives by it today still, is that if you're not 10 minutes early, you're already 10 minutes late. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I used to be one of those, I'm one of those people that I, 
I kind of flow with time. So it used to be that, you know, 10 minutes or 15 minutes, either side of an assigned time, I felt I was on time. And I realized um, that that wasn't respecting other people's time for people who are very time oriented. Um, and so I was able to, you know, able to adapt myself and give myself the time to flow with the time and still respect meeting times and when people have asked for a meeting or so it's a strategy that I've had that I had to learn myself and it's been really, really powerful. How did yeah. you learn that Dr. Energy? What do you mean? What can you tell me about that? So it's, it's, one of those things where, like I said, I, I have a, an, I guess an internal uh, clock that just sort of flows. I, I, I just get into action and I'm doing something and I can very, very easily lose myself in, you know, I'm, I'm taking care of something or doing an, uh, a creative thing and it can all of a sudden be three hours later. <laughs> and so I've been, I've gotten very good at setting um, alarms or, uh, have learning relearning an internal sense of timing so that I can that I know what 15 minutes feels like inside of me and that I can then respect time limits and um, appointment times and those types of things I, I, I it went so far as I used to have to wear a watch to do it now I can do it without wearing a watch or even looking at my phone but uh, it's definitely a skill to learn some people are perpetually one way or the other but mm -hmm. like you're saying it's you it can be both <laughs> I have a friend who's always a half hour early and I always find that I want to be ready early for her so that she's not waiting. So I know that whenever we make a time schedule, whether well, when we were getting together, mm. I, I would guarantee she would be waiting for me. And I used to feel like I didn't really want her to wait. I wanted her to know that I honored her being so early. And she would say, I just never wanted to be late. So I have a tendency to see who's early. So I do want to get to where I'm going sooner to see if I'm in their, like in their rhythm. So, mm. to speak. you know, if someone goes, Oh, I'll be there in a minute. And you know, that that was a minute ago you should have met. Sometimes those things, I just wonder, you know, like how is a minute late on time? Just like you were saying, right? Right, right, right. Well, Bruce, as, a, as an educator, again, as, as the speaker, as the presenter, as the trainer, keynote speaker, is there anything that you would like to share with us? Like, I don't want to use the word challenge, but let's say a situation where you have to, on a dime, turn it around mm -hmm. because you're noticing something is going a little differently than I expected. Like, what are some of the strategies you have when you're faced with a situation like that? Um, I think I'm, you know, there's a couple of different scenarios that might, think, you know, happen within that. Um, first, I, I, my, my whole presentation style is very fluid. So for me, getting off track is, a, is sort of a, an everyday experience <laughs> while I'm presenting. <laughs> um, so while I spend a lot of time putting the, the, together the presentation, I always like instant feedback, right? Mm -hmm. And I like the audience. I like whoever I'm presenting to, whether, it's, whether there's hundreds of people or whether there's just like 12. I always like them and I encourage them at the beginning of the presentation, I invite them at the beginning of the presentation to stop me and ask a question. Because my take on it is if you have, if you're thinking of a question and you don't ask it, mm -hmm. either you're going to stop hearing the rest of my presentation mm -hmm. or because you're going to be locked into that question 
right. or, or you're going to continue with the presentation and forget the question, which right. means that there's something relevant to you that isn't being addressed. So I encourage my, my audience to always stop me and interrupt me. And, and I, so I like to go down those rabbit holes when they're, when they come up. Right. So it, it, it is, I, I prefer that. But at the same time, when I start the presentation, I, I, while I introduce them and I invite them to interrupt me, I also say that this might mean that we cover off material before I actually intended to. And I'm okay with that if they're okay with that. Right. So I, yeah. I, set, I sort of set that parameter with, with right. my group. And so when I get to something that we've covered off already, I'll go over it lightly, maybe mm -hmm. even skip a slide or two or right. skip a point. But I just sort of, I just run on a different tangent. Right. It's, um, it's like having so a, it's like having a, you're essentially creating a contract with your audience or your, or the person and, and then sticking to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, you know, one of the things I, you know, as, as I, as we all get older, as I get older, I, become really clear with what's important to me and mm. time management. We've talked about that time management is really important to me. Managing expectations is mm. huge on my list. Right. Right. Um, I, I can manage, I can deal with anything as long as I know it's coming and it's the <laughs> surprise that sometimes is what disrupts me and bothers me. Right. So that's why I like to, at the beginning of the presentation, at the beginning of, of any type of relationship, to say, okay, here's the ground rules from how I see them. Are you okay with them? Is there anything else that you want to talk about right. that you and I can understand? Because right. I think the last thing that an audience needs is for someone to automatically just start skipping slides and not right. know why. Right. Right. So... Um, yeah. yeah, it's super important to have that because if without, you know, this is something that Catherine and I do when we, when we teach, we teach people as well as set the context, because if you don't have a good context, a good container to hold the information, the, the content, you, it's like having a leaky bucket, all the content's going to spill out everywhere and, and your, your intended, what you intended to teach or the ability for somebody to learn what you're wanting to teach goes away because you don't have that framework, that, that context. Exactly. Absolutely. So, Bruce, is yeah. there a scenario where you can really say, I love teaching this, or I love speaking about this? Is there one of those hot topics for you that you just, it brightens your day because you're going to get to chat about that with your audience? Yeah, I would, there's three of my training programs that I deliver that I really, really like teaching. So, so can I, can I talk yeah. about three of them quickly? Absolutely. Sure. May I ask you a question in between? Absolutely. So I think the first one that I really still enjoy, and it's the first training program that I developed and, and designed on my own. Right. Um, and I still really enjoy training on it, uh, is, the, is my email etiquette workshop. Oh, that's uh, a big one. Love yeah. it. And it's still, it's still really popular. Um, you know, it's funny because half the audience, when, when the workshop starts, doesn't think that they need to be there. Uh, <laughs> they're like, oh, they're like, oh email. And right? it's, it's going to be dry. Um, exactly. And, and it's not. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so, uh, so, but that's still one of the ones that I really like. And 
it, it always creates a lot of conversation, a lot of, of scenarios, a lot of what ifs. Uh, so that there, it's a very interactive workshop. So I really enjoy delivering my email edit kit workshop um, by far. Uh, the next one is, uh, I think it was my third or maybe my fourth workshop that I designed, which is all about it's generational differences mm. and really talking about why different generations behave the way that they do, why they're, how they're motivated, what they're motivated by, why they might be good leaders or maybe not so great leaders naturally, all of those aspects around generational differences. I really enjoyed those workshops, usually because we have representation from all of the different generations in the group, in the right, audience. Right. And so you get to watch each of these generations actually learn about why the other generation is behaving the way that they do. Right. And, and really get some insight around each other. And... It Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, it's just like, like the, what's that thing? The love languages, right? Learning to communicate in mm -hmm. each other's styles right. so you can actually have meaningful conversations. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a really interesting, uh, I find a really interesting workshop and it's really relevant. And oh, absolutely. It's, it's relevant in the workplace, but it also is relevant when they go home, right? Mm. And when they're dealing with their kids or their parents or their grandparents or their, like, it's, it's one of those workshops that extends beyond the workspace mm -hmm. and and i like the fact that that i'm able to help people understand why their kid is behaving the way that their kid is or the why their boss is behaving the way that their boss is right and so i find that that's a really fun workshop and bruce i'm sure so many people can take that workshop even though their job is not in alignment with learning that information because they're still parents they're still friends we're still able to take that information and apply it into our day-to-day -day life absolutely absolutely it's 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 really interesting the way that when uh, and when i try to leave it alone the whole idea that you can bring this home with you but it usually comes up from the audience themselves <laughs> going, Oh my God, this is how, this is why my, my child is, you know, whatever. Um, so it's true. It usually, it usually starts, you know, and maybe I poke the bear a little bit along the right. way, but, right. but I really find that the audience is the one that, that, that clues in on their own right. and says, wow, it's my fault. Or, you know, <laughs> that, that kind of thing. and that's but almost, Almost, really, really, really. Yeah. And that's almost more powerful because they've come to the realization themselves rather than having somebody pointed out to them. Right. So it absolutely. goes in on a deeper, yeah. a deeper level. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, and I guess the, the third one, uh, the, that I really enjoy delivering, uh, is the leadership workshop. It's the leadership or the new leadership development workshop. Mm -hmm. Um, really, sort of trying to bridge that gap between what what is a boss which is how most of us have been brought up you know right. to to recognize the boss the one that makes the decision versus the leader and what is the difference between a boss and a leader right and 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 to really understand that leadership in today's environment 
is being more of a of a visionary of a strategic individual somebody who uh who is a great mentor and a good coach right that it's it used to be that it was all of the tough hard skills that that identified what a leader was what right. a boss was and nowadays uh it's all about soft skills you know it's it's the guy or the gal who can really inspire and motivate uh their team around a shared vision and a, mm-hmm. and a, and a shared goal right uh, that's that's the leader today and it's, and it's really wonderful watching that and i think we do it at, you know unfortunately you know the name soft skills i think it does a disservice mm. to it and i think that that's some of the some of the uh what's the word i'm looking for um some of the branding some of the um nomenclature that needs to change because it's just skills it's just leadership skills period and they have just as much uh business as it were being on the front and center on the stage as those quote-unquote hard leadership skills i think we need to have a blend of both things because there are times when a leader does need to make a decision because they're the ones sort of in charge but you still need to include your team Mm -hmm. and, and the people around you and their insights and opinions and expertise rather than just saying we're going to do it this way because it's the way we've always done it exactly absolutely you're and you're you know that's a brilliant point because i i totally i'm on side with you on that one i think the 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 handle soft skills is does a disservice to to that whole realm of of leadership and I, I actually believe the same thing around um, emotional intelligence. Yes. You know, it's it's a little bit too technical. It's a little too highbrow, if you will. It's mm, it, it, ivory it, tower, <laughs> right? Um, the best, you know, actually the best other definition that I've that I've seen, and I've used it a little bit, but but I don't often use it because people don't understand it. There, it's just not out there. Somebody, I somewhere I read uh, somebody calling it human skills oh beautiful and and i thought my goodness like that is exactly what it is and it's simply it's it's exactly what you just what you just described as well it's about how we are right and if we're able to tap into ourselves and and how we want to be treated Mm -hmm. as a human being that's really all we need to do right that's or at least that's the first step it's it's that it's that awareness Right. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the definition of human skills, I, I actually quite like, uh, but I, I, you know, and, and okay. if I ever get an audience like Seth Godin, I'll make sure it sticks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, maybe you get to be the trailblazer with human skills and you'd be the guy out there. You'll be the next quote unquote Seth Godin or Tony Robbins or whomever, right? You'll be the guy out there, or right, right. Simon Sinek leading the charge on human skills. Exactly. On human skills. Yeah. But I think that was sort of the best definition that I've heard so far. So yeah, I totally agree with you. Great. Bruce, I wanted to ask you a question about, I don't know if this makes sense to ask you at this moment, but you know, we all have an ideal, an ideal client. We all have someone that we would say, if I could only, you know, meet more people like that and everyone is wonderful and we can work with all kinds of people, but there might be someone in your mind's eye that really is the client that will get the most out of, I know you have different programs, but is there someone that you could say, if you had an avatar, that would be a great client for me or student as you might call them um 
it's certainly uh, it's certainly not an industry. So I wouldn't say that my best client is a specific industry right. because I, I run across all industries. So I've you know, presented to, uh, to crane operators. I've presented to uh, bankers, to lawyers, to accountants, to dentists, to everything. And I find the, the work that I do sort of transcends all of those audiences whether so whether it's leadership it doesn't matter where that leadership is it it exists in all of those realms um, communication exists in all of those realms um, time management all of those realms um, my ideal client i would say is one that takes professional development seriously and and realizes that I'm only a, a piece to the puzzle that I can provide all kinds of uh, great skills and ideas and approaches and techniques to different types of communication and motivation and reward systems. But, it, but I'm only an island in myself. And it really takes that leadership team to go back and say, okay, Bruce just shared with us three or five tips. What are the two that we're gonna use now and really make sure that we focus on? And then we can focus on two more next month or in the next quarter, right? But really says that what Bruce shared is we're going to actually incorporate within our culture and we're gonna be responsible for that. Um, and that's my ideal client. My awesome. ideal client realizes that 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 this is a this is a journey that we're all we all get to be on, and I get to be part of that journey. Nice. I know that uh, that's one of the things you shared in there about saying you know going back to the team and saying okay here's what we learned what are we going to apply. I love that. You know I'm I I've been to a lot of different seminars and over the years, and I don't I don't love the jacuzzi ones where you go to a seminar it's all rah rah so, sorry rah rah ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> it's all that it's all that cheering and motivating and inspiring and, and then you go home on monday and nothing changes nothing yeah. and, or at last the feel goods last for a couple of days and we know that those things start to dissipate within three or four days and by a week a week and a half later your life is back to the way it was before so one of my coaches in the past mentors has said okay here's what I want, at the beginning of a seminar, what are three things you'd like to get out of the, this, this weekend and include at least one of those things that you, there's absolutely, you don't believe that there's any way possible it could happen. So setting that big audacious thing, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Goal. Yeah. And then at the end of the weekend, one answering those questions, did you get those things out of the, out of the weekend or the seminar? And also what did you actually learn and taking three to five of those things that you learned and, and each week of the next four, three, four, five weeks, practicing one of those things. So you start to ingrain it into your neurology more and it becomes more of a habit rather than just going home and taking the notes from the seminar and firing them in, on the bookshelf oh, and never going right. back to them, right? right. Yep. Bookcases are not meant to file notes we're not going to go back to. No. Right. 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 Yeah. So I, I I love that that is a that that is a, a focus for you and for the for the organizations that you work with. I think that is that is huge. Yeah. And I I, I know I was um, sort of equate it when I when I'm talking to the audience. I sort of equate it to 
to uh, has, has anybody ever quit smoking right mm-hmm. uh, or quit doing something because a lot, a lot of what I talk about is you know you're going to have to change something that you do whether right. it's you know how you bottom line your email or you know right. or, or manage your priorities um, but uh, you know there's there's so my my approach because I, I had to quit smoking mm. um, I tried doing it cold turkey I tried to do everything <laughs> at once right yeah. and I failed right, right. Uh, and I failed three times over a number of years in trying to do it all at once right and my yeah my and it sort of goes with what you were you were saying doc is is you know what is the one thing that we're going to adopt this week and then what is the next thing that we're going to adopt next week or mm-hmm. next month Stop. but trying to take everything that I've just shared with you in the last three hours or four hours mm-hmm. or or one hour, if it's a if it's a, a keynote, right. trying to take everything that I've shared with you and incorporate all of it, you're just going to you're going to run right off the road, right? Yeah. You're just going right to too wall. much. Yeah, yeah, it's too much. So take that one or two things and let's start working on them now. Mm-hmm. And it's you know it's sort of the way that I was successful in cutting quitting smoking is cut down, cut down, cut down, and then to the point where okay, now I can stop, right? Right. Um, so it's, it's the reverse of quitting smoking in, in, right. in my example. Right? Yeah, you, gotta, you just have to, you have to change the behaviors and yep. potentially change who you're hanging out with or where you're hanging out with, right? It, it, the environment plays a big role in creating those behaviors in the first place. Right. And I, I like working with teams because the nice thing is that the team gets to go back to their workspace mm. and actually support each other. Right? Yes. And that's what's neat about, about changing a department at a time uh, or, or an organization at a time is the neat part is uh, that, that peer mentoring, mm-hmm. uh, if ramped up, can actually be a really positive ingredient within that change environment. Beautiful. Dr. Energy, Bruce, mm-hmm. we have so many golden nuggets in yes. what we've just discussed. We could talk for hours, I think. <laughs> yes, we absolutely can. Think, I'd like to I, know. I think so, yeah. <clears throat> I'd like to know if we could take a moment and sort of recap with our BU final moment. And what I mean by that is to go around the room, <laughs> go around the Zoom room and <laughs> share with one another what our takeaway was from this conversation. And Bruce, I'd love to ask if you would share first, please. Mm. Um, I think my, uh, my BU moment would be, uh, sort of a, a reminder that it's how important it is to take time for yourself. Um, I guess sometimes because I, uh, uh, am out walking the dog by myself all the time, because I work by myself all the time, I don't sort of appreciate that alone time that I have. Mm-hmm. And this conversation has made me realize how important that is. Um, so I would say that that is a huge BU moment for me. Can I, can I have a second one? Sure. Of course. And I would say, yeah. And I would say, uh, talk to people who energize you. I, you yes. know, to, to your point, I really enjoyed this conversation. I, I do think that we could talk for hours. <laughs> and, Thank you. Um, I think it's really interesting what, uh, you know, talk to people that, that, in, that energize you. 
because that's a really positive thing to do, right? It, we, we, it's easy to get sort of hung up with all the things that are going wrong or with all the things that are busy in our lives. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that we take time to, to find people that, uh, that energize us. So, uh, so that has sort of, I, I'm certainly much more full now than I was an hour ago or, or however long it was ago. Right. Uh, from this thank conversation. You. So I thank, thank you, you for that. Thank you, Bruce. Dr. Energy, can you share your BU moment with us? Absolutely. Your BU final moment. My BU final yeah. moment. Um, I'm actually going to, and this is, I'm not trying to um, play up to, to, to Bruce, to you, Bruce, or anything, but I'm going to actually quote you, Bruce, from your website, mm. that you, where you said that when you help your team trust you, believe in themselves, and understand the value of their work, it's amazing what they accomplish. And that really plays into what one of my coaches or mentors and mentors said to, to us about leadership. And that was that one of the jobs of a leader is to remind people of how great they are, of the power within them, of the value that they have just as human beings until they remember it themselves. Absolutely. And so I just want everybody out there to know that you are valuable just as you are, just as just for the fact that you are human and that you have a, valuable gifts to share in this world and go out and share them. And Rara, what's your BU final moment today? Thank you. Bruce, you brought something to my mind and I realized how important it is for me also to have that instant feedback. And when you were talking about that, I thought, yes, I absolutely relate to that. I would love to see and hear and feel what's going on with my audience, with the people that I'm speaking with. Mm. And if I'm listening to them, I'd like to be able to give a confirmation or an affirmation that it's reaching me. And when you said that, it made me realize that being on the other side as the audience, I want to be more mindful to sharing what message I'm receiving from the presenter so that they're not guessing because being Mm -hmm. on the other side of it is truly where we need to be when we're presenting. We need to be the person that's receiving it so that we're speaking their language and giving them an opportunity to take a position of whether it's confusion or happiness and to take Mm -hmm. that position to own it so that they can process it. And, And you brought that to my mind. And thank you so much for sharing that. This has been quite an enlightening conversation Mm -hmm. today. I know there are many, many more to come. Bruce, we're going to post all of the social media links and the links to how people can reach you and communicate with you. Do you have a a best preference that you'd like to share with us? On on how to communicate with me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. uh, certainly, either email or LinkedIn or Twitter. It doesn't matter any of those three avenues. Uh, I always will respond to you. So um, any of those three works for me perfectly. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. We appreciate you Thank being you. here. Yes. And please hang out with us a little bit. Our audience is in for a real treat when they get to listen to what we have to say today. Awesome. Fantastic. It was great. It was fun. Thank you for joining us. Sharing is caring. Tell your friends about conversations worth having on BU Network. We really appreciate your reviews, and you can do that on Apple Podcasts. Thank you.
For show notes and links, go to www.b-u.network forward slash podcasts. Connect with us via our website, www.b-u.network, and build a relationship with us. Sign up to receive information, updates, and your free video training at www.b-u.network forward slash pro. We're looking forward to hearing from you. And thank you for being with us. Ciao. Ciao, baby. Ciao.